Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast <laughs> is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our most improved player discussion. Of course, we couldn't do it alone. We had to bring the gang back. So introducing first, representing the impact, please welcome Ian Evans. Hey, what's up, y'all? How we doing, man? Hey, we're, we're doing great. And the other guest from the Hear Me Out podcast, uh, please welcome Brooks Warren. What do, y'all? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I don't know. Brooks, why are you acting like you ain't used Zoom before, bro? <laughs> he tweaked off the rip. I never heard. <laughs> I heard. Oh I never God. heard Zoom before. I was, <laughs> I've never heard. Oh man, he heard the voice and started tweaking. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. So, for everybody who's listening, the reason why we had a little bit of a hiccup at the beginning was because normally Zoom does not make any like initial responses, but it decided to have a little Siri lady say the recording has started and Brooks's face. It, it, oh man, it caught everybody off rip. But, Ryan, you can go ahead and introduce the topic, bro. We got a banger going. me off hard. sounded like a scam call. That man said, <laughs> That was funny, bro. Oh my god, your car's extended warranty and all that, man. <laughs> all right, I, uh, uh, I was gonna say, we could probably do this for another 15 minutes. Hey, yeah. All right, so let's talk about the most approved player race. Obviously, it is a loaded category that we talked about on Ian's podcast. Of course, everybody go check it out the impact with Ian Evans. But speaking of the most improved player race, I will start with Ian. Right now, who do you believe is the most improved player? So if you did listen to my episode, I want to say, I believe, two-ish or two, three weeks ago, um, there were a lot of names thrown around. And obviously, me being a big Celtics fan, I was like, Jalen Brown this, Jalen Brown that, which he could be. But when you look at it more closely, there are other people who have improved significantly. Um, I'm going to go with the dark horse. So for me, not Jalen Brown, he could be in it, but it's not Jalen Brown for me. um, I'm going to go with a little bit of a dark horse. And I say dark horse because he's been injured for a little bit. It might be injured for a little while as uh, as well. Um, I'm going to go with Christian Wood for the uh, Houston Rockets. Um, I say this because, I mean, in 2019, 2020, his season, I mean, not a lot of people know this. He only averaged 13 points a game, six rebounds, and that's coming – he started on the bench that year, obviously came into his own, then started before obviously Corona happened. The, the Pistons obviously didn't go to the bubble. So later he was a free agent. Um, a lot of people were wondering what his value was as a, uh, a free agent for the Detroit Pistons. And the Rockets took the big gamble on him by giving him that contract because um, they didn't really know what they wanted to do with a lot of players. Um, so what does he do this year? Not only did he up his scoring and his rebounding, he also upped his PER. He also upped his blocks per game. He also upped his three points uh, percentage and three points made per game. He's averaging from 13 last year. He's going to 23 and 10. Honestly, not a lot. I mean, a lot of guys can do that, but you want to talk about a big jump and a big improvement. Averaging 13 and six, and then literally the next year going to 23 and 10, and he's still injured and still in the um, in that conversation. 
that's a dark horse. You gotta definitely gotta put him in that conversation for sure. So that's my pick right now. Uh, do I think he'll win it? No, not necessarily. Depends on depending on the injury, but he's definitely in it for sure. Brooks, I'll go to you on this one. Who do you believe is the most improved player? So pre pre uh, Zoom Siri talking to us, I was saying that uh, Jeremy Grant's the only one who mattered. You know, local connections. But I would say uh, my favorite is is Michael Bridges from Phoenix Suns. Um, big fan of his. I feel like he's really just like the classic sign of the most improved player, right? Minutes are up, playing time is up, starts are up, you know, and he's really excelled in his role that he's gotten with the Suns now. Their Suns are a playoff contender because of the production of, you know, guys like him, uh, Devin Booker, of course, CP3, uh, numbers have jumped. So that's my, that's my favorite for it. Jalen, I'll go to you on this one. Same question. Who do you believe is the most improved player? So, I mean, I should go with Ian in terms of Christian Wood. I think the injury part of this is going to make this really difficult in terms of how that that take progresses. Because if he comes back onto the court, that how he plays when he comes back, unfortunately, is also going to stick in people's minds in terms of how he like how he falls or where he falls in this race. Um, I'm I, I'm kind of surprised Ian didn't go for it. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of speak on it a little bit. In terms of Jalen Brown, I understand that the jump isn't maybe as like significant as a guy like Christian Woods is, but like the responsibility factor for Jalen Brown for a playoff caliber team is probably the most significant of everybody that we've already named so far. I mean, he's played games without Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart has been out. Kimball Walker has been both out and terrible to a certain extent. And then you have to focus on the fact that, like, the dude is placing, basically playing within the same usage as he did last year, despite the fact that all these guys have been out. He's playing with the exact same usage as last year, almost like the exact, like, to a T, but he's averaging more points. He has more assists. I mean, just barely under the amount of rebounds he had last year. I mean, he's shooting relatively well from the floor still. Like, the fact that he's had a lot more offensive responsibility, but still has played within his game, but somehow has gotten better within it is like kind of a very underrated thing. And I know the Celtics are like in a really weird spot, but like between the COVID stuff, Peyton Pritchard was like their best producing offensive guard for a minute too. Like, there's just like a lot of stuff that you could just look at and say like, dang, Jalen Brown's working with very, uh inconsistent circumstances so like he's he's one of those comes up I I mean I think the big question that I want to ask when it comes to this whole thing is we've thrown out Jeremy Grant's name a couple of times already we've brought it up on Ian's podcast when we talked about it though is he an actual contender for this or like is that just like us looking at the number and said hey he went from 12 points to 23.8 points per game without looking at the fact that he was a bench guy for the most part, for the most part for Denver last year. The fact that he's doubled up in minutes compared to last year. And he just happens, just so happens to play for a bad team. Like, did he improve or was he like always this good? And just like this team allowed him to come off the leash. Cause like, I'm wondering whether or not he really is in this race or if this is like a, you know, this is just a great circumstances for a semi-decent player type of thing. Because who else on Detroit is going to do it if he doesn't? And then they already lost Derrick Rose, too. So, right. so you think about 
it only opens the floodgates up for him even more. I mean, I mean, Ryan, you can answer that question if you want to. Like, I don't know if Jeremy Grant is like legitimately in the conversation. I've been having that weird debate with myself coming into this podcast because I have no idea whether or not he should actually qualify. And I want to double up on the on that question too. Would you trust him to be like a like a playoff star like you would with Jalen Brown right now? I think Jeremy Grant's in this conversation. 23.8 points per game, 44% shooting from the field, five rebounds. Those numbers are significantly up from last year. He's up in points. He's up in rebounds. He's shooting a little less efficiently from the field, but I think that he has the capability to really become the star now. I think now that Derrick Rose is out, Blake Griffin looks like he's about to get traded from Detroit. This seems like Jeremy Grant's team. To touch on Brooks' question about his level of impact, comparing it to Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is on a much better team in Boston overall. I think Jeremy Grant just left Denver because he wanted to be the main guy on a roster and to showcase what he has. He's showing how good of a player he actually is. And I feel like he's doing it with a lot less talent. I think Jalen Brown has significantly more talent on his team. I know I've been critical of Boston's bench, but I think that Jeremy Grant has the resume to be in this most improved player conversation. I mean, I guess the well, only thing would be, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be based on what Brooks was talking about, about trusting him as like an all-star caliber player. That's the tricky part about this too. Cause like, isn't he, I mean, he was one of the, uh, the you know, the top 10 guys forwards wise in Eastern conference votes for the all-star game as well. But the question also comes down to again, like, you know, is he an actual all-star? It's weird. I, I, I don't know. And Ian, you can you can answer this with uh, along with whatever you were going to say beforehand. But like. Does it almost feels like. Jeremy Grant is in a bit of a Bradley Beal situation from last year, except without the similar cachet. Like, I don't think I view Rebrand. him. I don't facts. But I don't I don't uh. look. We'll talk about it later, Brooks. We'll talk about it later, Brooks. But like. I don't think that Jeremy Grant is as all-star caliber as Bradley Beal is, but I think that he's putting up insane numbers within his situation. Like, do, like, it's simple. Like, would, I don't think Bradley Beal would do what he's doing right now or even what he did last year if he was on Denver right now. Right. I think the same thing could be said about Jeremy Grant, which is part of probably part of the reason why he moved on. I think the combination of being on a very non-talented roster around you on a team that's not very successful in the standings, inflated numbers, makes you look as though you are a little bit better than you actually are. Now, I think, like I said, I think Bradley Beal is a legit all-star caliber player in comparison to Jeremy Grant. If we're Mm -hmm. comparing them, it's almost apples to oranges, really. But mm-hmm. I think that if we're talking about a player that like looks like an all-star within situation, Jeremy Grant almost masquerades significantly more than a guy like Bradley Beal does. Right. Cause we've seen Bradley do it next to John mm-hmm. Wall before as the second best player on the team. Right. Um, I just want to just uh some Ryan said, uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I do and don't agree with what you're saying. So I, I do agree that he should be in the conversation for most improved just because of the uptick in his numbers. Like it's significant. Mm-hmm. You can't just deny that fact. 
Uh, Jalen does bring up good points, though. Like, look at the situation. Like, he kind of has to. I mean, you also didn't put up the fact that Blake Griffin straight up isn't playing as well because they're trying to deal him, right, before the All-Star break or whatever. Um, That's another thing. But so I I agree he should be in that conversation. But I don't agree with – I'm playing devil's advocate here. Uh, So he does have a lot less to work with. But doesn't that mean he has more opportunities to showcase what he has? So, like, with Jalen – he doesn't because he's playing with Jason Tatum. He's playing with Kemba Walker. He's playing with some other guys on the bench. When I'm not going to talk about the pain a Celtics fan like mm-hmm. me has had to go through through these past few weeks. But 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 you get what I'm saying though, right? Like Jalen Brown has had to do more with his usage, pretty much the same usage what Jalen Jalen was saying earlier. Same usage, and then on top of that, you're playing with some stars next to you as well, right? So it wouldn't be a little harder for Jalen than Jeremy. On top of that, I didn't know it, but. Jeremy Grant is playing 36 minutes a game, man. There are 48 minutes in, in a basketball That's game. That's what right? I'm saying. So <laughs> that man has had multiple opportunities. So I, I do get the question, Jalen, but because when you look at most improved, you're looking at record, you're looking at numbers, and you're looking at where they were before, even whether it be with a different team to now, mm-hmm. I think you just you kind of have to. You know what I mean? So, That's fair. Um, That's I'd fair. say he's in it, yeah. I'd also say with – Jeremy Grant, he went from being a fourth option on the Denver Nuggets to being a first option on Detroit. And I think you make a better case for Jalen Brown being in the most improved player because of the talent that's around him. He is playing with Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart. So that's already a talented group that you're around. And Jeremy Grant's not playing with a lot of talent in Detroit. They're sitting at last place in the Eastern Conference. So by association, Jalen Brown may have a better chance than Jeremy Grant, but this is tough, and especially with how much talent that we're going to get into later on in the episode. I want to throw out Jordan Clarkson because Jordan Clarkson has been coming off the bench in his time in Utah, and he recently dropped 40 points. A lot of people haven't penciled in in the six-man-of-the-year conversation, but I want to throw this question to Brooks to start. Should Jordan Clarkson be considered for most improved player? Typically, I feel like MIP usually goes to, again, the guy, a guy like uh, Jeremy Grant or a guy like Jalen Brown, a guy like, um, you know, CJ McCollum, you know, people who ended up getting more starts, getting more playing time, had an increased role. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, I mean, he was a, he was a starter previously with like Cleveland and just started with, uh, with LA, like the dude's got a reduced role. And now what he's doing, he's, He's he's a he's coming off the bench. He's playing how many minutes a game is he playing now? Uh, twenty six minutes a game, and he's scoring eighteen point two points per game. So the dude is is he's playing really well for the reduced role he's in, you know. And Utah Utah Jazz they're the hottest team right now in the league, but I wouldn't say he's showing us anything that he hasn't been able to do before. You know, I mean, you, I can't say the same for Jalen Brown. I can't say the same for Christian Wood. I say the same for Jeremy Grant. You've seen this with, with Jordan Clarkson. So for me, I, I, I couldn't say he's MIP, but sixth man of the year, you know, I could have a conversation about that. Ian, sixth man or MIP for Jordan Clarkson? Uh, sixth man. Um, honestly, I don't think he should be considered for MIP only because he's, he's improved, yes, but like slightly compared to the people we have uh, compared him to with Christian, with, with Jeremy Grant, uh, with Jalen Brown. I mean, if you look at the numbers, I mean, he's only, I think, I believe 
he went from like 15 a game last year to 18, which is an improvement, yes. But like when you look at, it's not like a huge jump in terms of improvement. He's, you know, got his free throw percentage up, which is also good. But that, that you know, no one really looks at that compared to, you know, improvement wise. You look at the more main stats for that. But he's improved, but I definitely, uh, I think he's more of a six man candidate. I think he could actually win it. Uh, one, because I chose him at the beginning of the year for it. But two, um, I mean, when you look at what he's done, like you said, you know, he, he scored 40, you know, the other night. I mean, the Jazz do have, I believe, the best record in the NBA. I mean, he's a part of that, especially with Conley out. And he's had some starts because of Conley being out as well. Um, I think he can definitely be in that six-man conversation because that's what guys like Lou Will and Jamal Crawford have had to do back in the day. When they had guys like CP3 out, Jamal Crawford had to step in when he was with the Clippers, you know what I'm saying? So uh, Lou Will back in the day as well. So um, when you look at the numbers and how he's played compared to how Christian Wood and Jeremy Grant and their roles, I think um, six-man definitely suits him better. So next we're going to talk about a couple of players who could either be in the MVP discussion or the MIP discussion. And Jalen, I'm going to start with you on this one. Julius Randall, MIP discussion or MVP discussion? It's definitely closer to most improved player just because of the Knicks overall success. I mean, real live, if we want to just shout out the 2015 Lakers, we really can. You know what I mean? The whole gang has gotten a little bit better after getting from under Luke Walton, honestly. That's kind of the biggest thing that I look at overall. I mean, Brandon Ingram, obviously, last year. Lonzo Ball, jury's still out. I think that one's still interesting with him. Is I think every time that we get into trade rumor, check your Twitter account mode with him. He hit seven threes. I don't, I don't know if it's on purpose. I don't know if he's trying to tell the front office something. I don't know if he's just keeping it in his chamber and he's waiting until somebody talks big disrespect on him. But so there's the jury's out on him. I think Jordan Clarkson, I, you know, if I had to touch on that one between, you know, most improved player or six man, I think he would fall into six man easily. I mean, I think, isn't he like the second leading scorer? for Utah or something, and he's coming off the bench for them. And you're talking about having guys like Bogdanovich, who's a 20-point-per-game scorer, like coming from Indiana, Mike Conley, who could easily, you know, fall into that category as a high-usage guard. Um, Rudy Gobert falls into, like, 14 points, so the other six usually could come from anywhere, really. And then, obviously, D. Mitch. So, I mean, it's just – it's crazy to look at all of that stuff overall. But if we're talking about Julius Randle, right, he's a dude who – I mean, he's putting up very similar numbers to what he did in that that weird little stint with New Orleans. Um, but I just think that overall, like, really, when we talk about the New York Knicks, I think we're talking about the young dudes that's really, like, making this team roll. Like, they have weird grit from guys that, like, aren't going to pop off the page. Like, Emmanuel quickly was taken at the, the back end of the first round this past, this past NBA draft. On the Baltimore Hoovers, man. Bro, putting up buckets over there, I, especially in, in place of Obi Toppin. Like, Obi Toppin has barely been on the court, and when he is, like, garbage. Sorry, bro. Garbage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ian. I'm sorry, bro. No, no. I, no. There's there's a reason, and I, I'm, I'm going to go super quick on it. The Tom Thibodeau is known for me. Okay. Let me, let me collect myself. <laughs> what is he quick. known for, what? Ian? What is he known for? He had Joe known like for a ruining point forward young once upon a he time. No, he is known for ruining young talent. And you can see it right now with Obi, bro. Look, 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 look. Hear me out. What is Quickly doing? What is Quickly doing then? Because he knows how to use Quickly. He doesn't know how to use Obi. 
if you've seen Ovi play at Dayton, bro, he's running a fast break on windmills. He's like pick and roll situations. Mm-hmm. We I have only seen Obi in one PNR situation this year. I this man says that. this man is telling him, "Oh, stay at the three and pick and, and just shoot threes. When in the hell have we seen Obi at Dayton just straight up be a jump shooter? Never. Okay. And now Tom Thibodeau was that. like, "Oh." Yeah, we you you were in pick and rolls at Dayton. Nah, you're gonna shoot threes because we know you can hit them from time to time. <laughs> so his athleticism don't count now, Tom. Yeah. What are we doing, Tom? Like, granted, the Knicks are great and all, but like, and quickly, I like quickly. But oh my goodness, if you put quickly and Obi, or we even saw with Derrick Rose and Obi in a PNR situation, they could be even better. And we've seen it. We've everybody. seen it here and there, and we've seen it here and there in like in cuts and stuff. I think the biggest thing with Obi, you gotta be honest though, bro. Like he. He doesn't look as explosive right now. And I understand that, like, the utilization of him is hurting him. But, like, overall, like, Mayo quickly has played more games than him. He's produced more than him. If you look down the line, like, Quickly's had more 20-point yeah, yeah. games than, like, than, um, than to- uh, Obi Toppin has had, like, double-digit games this year. And then just overall, I think the other thing, too, is, like, the improvement of R.J. Barrett. Like, he's sneaky in this conversation. He was a guy who I thought earlier in the year for most improved player was, like, somewhere around third, like, just because of the fact that he, like, remember, he went completely under the radar last year because Jaw too good, Zion, too good, Kendrick Nunn, I don't know where you came from, but, like, you kind of nice, you kind of cool. So, like, it was one of those things where RJ fell into a very weird spot, and so far this year they kind of locked up. I think Julius Randle is just the spearhead for what this team is, like, from a grit standpoint. They got other guys like Austin Rivers and – uh Alfred Payton who who will will give you a little something something here and there. So I think that I think that as an MVP it's hard to put Julius Randle in that category just because of his the lack of team success. The team defense and all that stuff looks really good on paper, but the the overall ability to win or lose games, he has not really impacted that a ton. It's been the young guys stepping up that's really had a lot more influence on the Knicks improving in that category. So, Ian, I want to start – I want to move on to you on this next one. And this should hit home for you. We're going to talk about Jalen Brown. So, Jalen Brown, most improved? Yes. Sorry. Or, <laughs> most improved player or MVP? You know, it, it's it's tough because, you know – I see why you did this question. Okay. Because, cause look, we know what his stats are this year. I mean, this man is obviously like we like Jalen – said before you know with the same amount of production with the same amount of usage playing with stars he still has found a way to you know improve his stats but it's tough because when you look at the MVP candidates this year man it's tough to compare Jalen Brown's numbers to (laughs) to like Steph who's in the running who's been in the running Jokic Embiid it's kind of like ooh, like does he really like compare in terms of MVP level status as a CS fan it's tough to say but not necessarily um, but definitely um, most improved. The only way I would say that uh, Jalen's in the MVP conversation. So obviously the, the Celtics are 14 and 14 right now. And I know we play tonight and I have to see the Celtics play another 48 minutes of basketball, which is going to be pain, but we'll figure it out. Um, but the only way I could see him in that conversation. So when Jalen, uh, not Jalen, Jason Tatum, was out with, you know, COVID issues. And then he had little brief injuries here and there. But if he could propel them 
to being on the same caliber, you know, like contending with, you know, top teams, not losing to the Pistons and the Wizards or, you know, stuff like that. And oh. keep whatever, Brooks, whatever. Free I'm brag. Saying, I'm I'll say on. this though. Let me say this. It was a Valentine's okay. Day, though. Obviously, no one, obviously the Celtics weren't thinking about hooping. They were thinking about Valentine's Day stuff. So I, I'll give them a pass for that. But for Jason Tatum to shoot, only score six points, and for Celtics, we don't talk about that. That's a twenty-seven percent shooting from the field. That's bad. Like they're never going to do it again. We don't. We don't talk about that. But okay. Um, <laughs> but um, but just to just to end it, um, I think that if you know they put on a better stretch when Jason Tatum was out. Granted, he didn't like you said. Like the bench production has been off thus far. Um, I mean, we had Jeff T starting the year, putting up like 15, 20, and now he's like doing absolutely nothing. And I'm like, why did we sign him? So then Tristan Thompson basically does, hasn't put up the same amount of production since he was with the Cavs. So now we're like, uh, we're, we're, we're really still, oh. long story short, um, just MVP, not necessarily, um, but MIP for sure. To close this segment. To close this segment now, Brooks, yeah. Colin Sexton, MIP or MVP discussion? I like this conversation, but Colin Sexton, not nowhere close to MVP. Uh, was it, It's his third year in the league, right? So, like I mean, and the, the dude's had some, like, great moments. I mean, you, you think back to what he did against the Nets, um, literally just destroying them two games in a row. He ends up hitting threes over KD and Kyrie. I mean, the young bull is back out there just breaking China wherever he goes. It's amazing to see. Um, I like that backcourt, that sex line uh, backcourt with Darius Garland and, and Colin Sexton. But, no, nah, Colin Sexton is nowhere near MVP discussion. I, I Maybe, like, top five in MIP, you know, it's, it's probably Jeremy Grant, Christian Wood, uh, Jalen Brown, Michael Bridges and then him, I would, I would say within the top five. But yeah, Colin Sexton and 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 look at the Cavaliers' record too, and just what they do in general. No, not MVP discussion. So we know that the All Star game lineups were recently announced, and just to go over the lineups real quick for the West: Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard. And then for the East, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, KD, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. I'm going to start with Brooks on this one because we finally see Bradley Beal in the lineup. As a Wizards fan, Brooks, how do you feel about this? As a Wizards fan, as a Wizards writer, I mean, the main thing is about damn time, right? I mean, should have been an all-star last year. Now he's getting rewarded this year simply because of people like Jalen, and Ian and you, Ryan, talking about, hey, free Bradley Bill, you know, trade him, oh, getting all this attention because of this. So now people are going to be like, oh, he has to get an all-star stock. He has to get an all-star nod. So this is why, I mean, this is like a product of it. Not even mentioning the fact that he's leading the league in scoring. So, I mean, I agree. Maybe he should be free, but I don't want him to go yet because that just makes covering the Wizards an even worse job than it already is. You agree that he should be free, but I'm being disrespectful. Brooks, I don't want to see him leave either, bro. Relax. Hold on. I, you I see how he tried I to did. trade her on me real quick when he when he <laughs> get the when he get the flex on the Beal swag. You know what? It's cool because I'm gonna get mines off real quick. I'm gonna get mines off real quick. Y'all know 
Y'all know where I'm going to go with this. Zach Levine should be starting over Kyrie Irving. I don't want to hear it. He's played more games. Zach Levine has improved in every statistical category. This man, Kyrie's kneecaps are broken. He still wants to play against LeBron James real, real bad. And he needs to get off LeBron's jock. I hope that LeBron picks him so that they have to be friends for the game. (laughs) And y'all know that I got to rep the land with my guy. Zach Levine is killing everywhere right now. Yet somehow him, and I'm going to touch on somebody else who who also got disrespected in this starting lineup too. But Zach Levine has been a guy so far this year. I mean, he's averaging more points than Kyrie Irving. He's played more games than Kyrie Irving. He averages more assists than Kyrie Irving. Like, I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, overall, Zach Levine is having a better year. And I think the only thing that's hurting him is his team's production. The other thing is, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna go into it. I'm gonna let y'all talk about it. Do y'all really think that Luka Doncic is having a better year than Damian Lillard? Because I'm calling bull. I'm calling bull. They said it was the fans' vote that was the only reason why Luka Doncic had got in as the starter over Damian Lillard, but I'm calling cap. I think there's a t- there comes a point if the league can override Chris Paul to the Lakers, you can override Luca over <laughs> over Damian Lillard. I'm not trying to hear it. That's always a limit. Mm. It's always a limit. <laughs> if someone so happened, then why didn't CP3 get to be a Laker? But let me ask. Let me let me say this though. Damian Lillard absolutely should be an All Star starter over Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is supposed to be an MVP candidate, right? Now it's supposed to be a whole lot better than they are, right? What's going on? Why is Luca continuing to be a, a terrible three-point shooter? Why aren't they winning games? It's crazy, bro. Damian Lillard is – I Shannon Sharp said the other day he might be the greatest clutch player of this generation. I don't necessarily agree, but he's definitely up there. And he just off of that alone, he should be a starter in the All-Star game. Ian, your face is calling cap, and I don't respect you. <laughs> let's go i'm here for it Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um ooh, you know here's the thing here's the thing dame's team is doing better than lucas but when you look at stats wise lucas doing better than dame do i have to go through the stats i'll do it Bro, Jalen, you can go through I'll any stats you want to, bro. What are we being serious right now? I'll do it. I'll go through. The, you want me to go through the stats? Luca Dodgers is playing with the the white ball ball and a reincarnation of uh, Luca and Josh Richardson right now. Like, stop it, bro. Right now, Dallas has nobody really giving them buckets. Chris Porzingis has been mad inconsistent. Josh Richardson has barely been on the court. They need JJ Burrell bad. <laughs> They're not gonna get him. Like Jalen Brunson has been playing, I guess, normal, which is I guess is average for a guy like that coming out of Villanova. Just translates really well. But like either way, he's not playing anything above above average. Isn't Maxi Kleber out or something like that too? Or just like barely didn't, didn't I say that his team is better right now? Yeah, we know this, of course. Okay, bro. So isn't that a Jeremy Grant situation then? Okay, this is what you're not <laughs> understanding though, bro. We just had this conversation with Jeremy. In Brown all Jeremy three, Grant. in all three, right? Also, CJ is out. That's another thing, too, bro. Come on. If CJ's playing, come on now. You're not gonna lie. Come on now. 
CJ was out for how many weeks now? And, and on top of it, it's going to be how many more weeks? You don't think his production is going to go a little bit down when CJ comes back? This is Damian Lillard. The only reason he played, didn't play in the All-Star game last year was because he's hurt, and they gave my boy D-Book a shot. Other than that, he was in there last year. D- CJ was there the whole time. Oh, I'm We're not going to talk. Gonna okay, go Brooks, okay. I'm going to go back to No, he didn't make it, bro. Relax, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, we're we talking about that type of reduction. Who do Wizards have, right? Of course, of course, Bradley Beal is going to have to do all that scoring. Come on, that's a given, bro. Come on. Of course, Luca's going to be putting up all these okay, buckets and stuff bro. like that. Come on now, bro. Look, you know the like, league old Bradley you know one, though. Now, look. Now, look. I'm not going to leave Bradley Beal alone. It's still free Brad. Matter of fact, free Brad 2.0 because y'all want to start doing good. <laughs> so, yeah, free Brad 2.0. Uh-huh. I hope Russ to start bricking shot after shot. That's <laughs> 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 me, bro. Russ, don't even. <laughs> anyway, also rest let me go. Yeah. Let me go back to it. Let me go back to it. And when people look at starters, this is why I agree with you that Zach Levine should. Let's let's make the logic make sense. This is why I agree with you that Zach Levine should be a starter over Kyrie Irving in every single major category. Zach Levine has better averages than Kyrie, but Kyrie's team is doing better than Zach, right? Okay. Right, Luca's team not doing as good as the Portland Trailblazers, but in every major category, Luca has a higher average. I think the only discrepancy there, though, is that Kyrie Irving, they were able to win without Kyrie Irving on the floor, though. That's the thing, though. The rotation of players that they have without Kyrie Irving on the floor is Kevin Durant and James Harden. I mean, yeah, like, I would but, think I would say yeah, the only but, significant yeah. discrepancy between those two is that Luka Doncic, if, if Luka Doncic goes out, like, I agree, they get killed versus versus if we're talking about if Kyrie Irving goes out you can still if you still have at least I mean they've won with just James Harden playing um in that circumstance so the way I look at it on that one is their team success is predicated differently than Portland's team success for example I don't think CJ McCollum is the difference between win or lose I think that that makes their backcourt better but I don't think that when you look at Kyrie Irving and his situation specifically, I don't think him in the lineup is the difference between win or lose because they were able to win with KD and, uh, and James Harden. They've been able to win with just James Harden playing. In comparison to the situation with Dame versus Luka, I think in either scenario, they go to crap if Dame's out or if Luka's out. So I think that if they're on even terms in that case, I think the main thing with that is the fact that he's just producing. I mean, he's producing better than them. I think the big thing that got touched on, too, was just the fact that, you know, when we talk about the three point shooting thing, too. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a bigger fan of Dame and that's got me leaned more that way. Oh, I just think that if we're talking about the value of Damian Lillard to his team. What he's been able to do, the clutch generation thing and stuff like that, the, the most clutch player in generation and all that stuff that was being discussed, I think that he's just like a better player, like overall. And I feel like that should have something to do with it as well. Game over over Luca. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. As an overall no. player, you can make a case for it. You can I don't, make a I case, mean, but what? I mean, what? What's the case against it? Well, I think they're both clutch in their own regards. We see what they both have done only in, in the past, but also we saw Luca in the bubble. Uh, but then on top of that, it's also position-wise too. Like Luca is a better rebounder than Dame, but Dame's a better playmaker. So it comes down to scoring. You can That's why Brooks said you can make a case for both, honestly. So um, it really is up in the air depending on who you like more. 
Um, but going back to it really quick, though, um, if CJ's healthy and Dame is out, the Blazers go to crap? Yeah. No. You want to know how many uh, points per game CJ's averaging? 26. He was they're going to be fine, bro. They're going to be fine. And on top of that, the reason why they're third or fourth in the West is because their bench is significantly deep. You act like Gary Trent hasn't had a good year averaging 15. You act like Carmelo Anthony still isn't getting buckets. You act like Ennis Cantor, even without uh, Nurkic in the lineup, oh, my goodness, is actually doing somewhat fine. Come on. And then – and then Roko is obviously somehow just started to come out of nowhere. I mean, come on, their bench is significantly better than the Mavericks. So, I mean, you Luca's out, of course, the Mavericks are going to crap, man. They don't got, I mean, am I going to expect Tim Hardaway Jr. to, to, to do everything? Like, no, no. I guess the top end question would be this, though, because we, we said there was a debate on whether or not that you can make an argument in both cases as to who's better, the Damian Lillard or Luka Doncic. Again, we have to remember how the vote went down. The league thought Dame was better. The players thought Dame was better. It was only the fans who apparently did not think he was. So if we're talking about amongst peers, I mean, there's also that factor in it too. I don't know. Overall, like I said, I think he's an overall better player. I think that Luka Doncic is a good player. I think that his impact on winning, I think, is still yet to be uh, defined fully so far in, you know, this short stretch of his career that we've seen so far um anyway i think that the big thing with dallas for me and maybe this is the part that hurts his argument the most to me is maybe the early expectation yet the fact that he's still been able to be he's he's still been awarded for underachieving to a certain extent right so like he's been able to still play at a high level individually but it has not had any impact on the winning department despite the fact that Christos Porzingis has been relatively healthy for most of the year Josh Richardson was out and I think swapping him for Seth Curry was still smart he just hasn't been on the court that much but everything that they did in the offseason predicated to making this making this roster better I think every move was good it just hasn't panned out for them yet but overall his impact on winning hasn't really like moved any needles so far this year and he was supposed to be in the mvp conversation and still kind of got rewarded for just his own individual play despite the fact that there was so much bigger expectation on him than that i mean i think that's a lot of expectation to put on him now but that's what that's what he, he was over guys like Giannis for the mvp coming into the year so is that is that the fans' fault for putting that expectation and that that hedge on him while also still rewarding him for doing what he has done? Yeah, I mean you could you could say that for sure. Okay. I mean just because I mean we talked about it earlier, not only on my podcast, but I believe on this podcast, the bubble was hilarious. We saw people doing stuff that <laughs> we haven't seen do in a minute, bro. Like I'm telling you, I'm I'm not gonna no jokes. I'm not. Yeah, y'all no gotta. Jokes. Ch- I'm not doing, it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But you saw what he was doing. You saw what Donovan Mitchell was doing. Mm. Um, we haven't even talked about Donovan Mitchell trying to be somewhere like trying to propel the Utah Jazz into mm. the, the finals run. But granted, that's not the the. I guess episode for today, but I mean, we saw people doing crazy stuff. I mean, Luca was putting up like 30, 40 ball games almost every night. So of course he was going to be in that conversation, especially because um, people, and I think it was because that of that Clipper series, because people thought, Oh, 
The Clippers, bro, they're going to get them in five or six, and it obviously went to seven, you know. So uh, I think when, you know, you look at his expectations, it is the fans' fault, which is, I think, another thing you could bring into it with the whole All-Star thing mm. is um, the fan voting has always been a problem. It is That's why I'm not surprised <laughs> why Luca is starting. Granted, I mean, there is a case, but, you know, I, you know, there's a case for both for, to start. The only mm-hmm. one I actually wholeheartedly agree with is Zach Levine should be starting over Kyrie. But anyway, that's different, whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I do, uh, to answer your question, the fans are in a sense of problem with it, you know, cause you know, obviously in terms of MVP voting, let's go to that real quick, just real quick. Um, LeBron's going to be in it every year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he's one of the best on the planet. We all know this, blah, 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 blah. But I don't remember there was last year with fan voting for MVP and even all-star where <laughs> Alex Caruso somehow got to 10th at one point for MVP. And I'm like, you're kidding. See, see what I mean? So it's, it's it, even Alex Caruso and Clay Thompson who hasn't played, we're yeah. still getting ballots. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's going to be like that regardless of what the fans do. This is an interesting transition to another question that I want to talk about with fan voting. Do you think that fan voting should still exist for the all-star game and still exist for the MVP? I'll start with Brooks on this one. Yes, but the significance has to be taken away from it simply because like the fan voting means so much and it should be a player vote and a media vote. I mean, again, like if you rely on the players, they're going to vote for themselves or they're going to vote for their teammates. They're not going to vote for, you know, the person that necessarily um, deserves the nod, but I trust the player's opinion and I trust the media's decision more so than I would an, an, the average fan who, who watches the box scores, who's going to go on, you know, uh, House of Highlights or like Free Dawkins and watches the highlights, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and shout out to Free Dawkins first and foremost, because that's an OG YouTube highlight guy. I hate that the, what the NBA did to him, making him uh, get off of YouTube, but that's a whole another conversation. But um, yeah, fan vote should be there, but it should be like way less than what it is. Um, I trust the players. I trust the, the media a little bit more with the all-star voting. I mean, media, they tend to give like the all NBA stuff to the winners instead of the guys that unnecessarily deserve the award. But you know, this is a popularity contest and the people that deserve it and are the popular ones will get the reward. So, Ian, I want to transition to you on this one. Do you think it should be the fans who decide the All-Star game, or do you think it should be the players or the media or someone else who decides it? A combination of the three. Uh, I only say it's because, I mean, when you look at the NBA and, you know, retrospect, you know, with uh, – revenue and stuff like that they were a little bit struggling last year and not they're kind of doing better this year but i mean when you're talking about a league that needs to get more revenue and fan vote not, not only fan voting but also fan like involvement uh it's big for the the fans to be involved so like if they took that away that wouldn't be good for the nba honestly um as much as it kind of would suck especially with snubs and all that type of stuff yada yada, yada but you need to have that there um they were playing with an idea um i want to say uh, well, like two or three years ago. And obviously the problem of fan voting arose because obviously they were voting for, you know, dudes like Alex Caruso and, you know, like Jimmer for dead or something like why anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were playing with an idea and it was like every fan's like count, like is like a third. 
So like, but then obviously that's too much math involved and nobody wants to do that. So like, I, f- I forgot what the, like the plan was, but like every, like if I said Jalen Brown, all-star hashtag NBA all-star, whatever, that would be a vote, but it would be like one third and I would have to do it like two more times. So three out of three times would be like, like fractions basically. But like, obviously there's too much math involved. Don't nobody want to do all that. Not even statisticians want to do all that. So um, I, I think fan voting should still be involved, but it's the power fans have compared to NBA players and, and media should be um, not significantly lowered, but, but lowered for sure. So Jalen, an interesting point that Ian me with the, with the possible format that they were playing with and obviously too much math. Nobody wants to do that. Is there a no. chance that they move away from fan voting? I mean, I don't know if there's a chance of them doing that just because the all-star game is all about the fans. I think that's okay. That might actually be my biggest gripe about this whole Luca versus Dame thing over either of their individual seasons is when you look at the way the voting happened, the players think Dame is better. The league, as in terms of officials and coaches and things of that nature, uh, play, uh, people of that nature thought that Damian Little was a bit better player. So my view on it, I, I can take my own personal bias out of it in terms of thinking that he's a better player and just look at the way things were lined up amongst the people who have to <laughs> deal with the man who is a problem on a nightly basis. So with that being the case, I think that's probably the part that has me more kind of shook up about the fact that he got over is because when Ernie Johnson explained it, the fan vote was the only reason why Luca was the starter. The fact that there was that, that, mystique of a guy like that on a come up you know Damian Lillard is pretty much a known commodity ever since you know the big shot against Houston that was kind of like where things skyrocketed off for him and he's kind of had his own you know trajectory so far of being a clutch player and things of that nature so he's a known commodity the fact that Luka Doncic is on the uptick and um things of that like things in that area are kind of where I think things might be swayed towards him and so that that's, that just goes back into that argument. But overall, in terms of the fan voting, it's hard to get rid of something for something of that magnitude for a game that is all about them. You know what I mean? Like that it's it's so much about them, or the All Star Weekend in general is so much about the fan experience that they're still trying to force the skills challenge before the game, the dunk contest during halftime, like that's how badly they want to make this work for fans is that they want to try to make this all-star weekend as close to normal as humanly possible, even though, you know, the whole format is pretty odd. I mean, it even comes down to them trying to maintain the style of play that they did last year with like the way the quarters were set up and everything. They're even trying to keep that just because that was the most competitive version of the all-star game we've seen in probably the last five or so years. So, for a game that's predicated around fan excitement, you can't take the fan vote out. I think I'm with Brooks and Ian on the fact of the weight that it has on certain things. Like, because we have to remember all NBA, all-star, um, all NBA teams, all-star vote, um, all-star lineup stuff in terms of like being voted to the all-star game in general, that stuff impacts contracts too. I mean, I'm not saying that Dame Lillard's out here bag hunting because, the boys loaded out there in Portland, but at the same time, these are little things that have impacts in, in, on like certain incentives and in people's contracts and things like that as well. So the fact that the fans have so much weight in that, I don't know. That's a little, that, that's tricky. I don't think you can take it out, but the weight of it is like too much. 
So with that, with that being said, to close it out, were there any other players other than Zach Levine and Damian Lillard? And I'll start with Brooks on this one. Were there any other players that you think were snubbed from the all-star lineup? Honestly, I think Zach Levine, uh, and I don't even remember who the other guy that you went that you mentioned was snubbed was like the main one. I mean, maybe like a James Harden, but again, like the dude, the dude is 50, 40, 90 right now. I think he's averaging a career high for assists. I mean, maybe he deserves an all-star nod, but I don't know. I mean, the interesting thing is I wonder what's going to happen with the Jazz and their all-star all-star stuff because they're looking like – remember the Atlanta Hawks a couple of years ago when they had five all-star players? Like, is that going to happen again with the Jazz? Can you make a case that there are five Jazz players that could be an all-star? Like, Donovan Mitchell is the obvious one, but, you know, do you say Joel Ingles is and Rudy Gobert is? Um, that'll be interesting, but I can't really think off the top of my head who was snubbed other than Zach Levine and, you know, whoever else is out there. And Ian, I want to pick up on that thought because that's a that's an interesting thought that Brooks just put out. Is there a chance that there are multiple Utah Jazz All-Stars this year? You mean like multiple, like three or four, like kind of like that? Yeah. Um, but again, like how the, the Hawks were a couple years ago. I could see it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't because, like we said, it's a popularity contest when it comes down to it. Uh, the, the thing is, the Jazz have a lot of uh, – not necessarily unpopular, but like un like not as flashy as a lot of other guys in the league that still put up the same type of numbers. So the I mean the Jazz are you know the you know best record in the league and, and are playing like one of the if not the best team in the league right now. But when you look at it, you're probably just going to see Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert as probably uh, all stars when you look up to it. But there could be a slight chance that Clarkson might sneak in there. Um, but when you look at it, probably multiple, like two, sure, but three or four, it'll, it'll be close. But uh, me personally, I don't see it happening. But um, uh, to go back to the other question real quick, um, obviously, Zach Levine, I've said it multiple times. We all said it multiple times, should have been a starter. Um, they're a dark horse. I don't think he should have start or should be a starter, but he could have been considered because of what he's done with the Jazz of Donovan Mitchell. Um, I mean, he's shooting almost uh, 42% from the field and 39, almost 40 from the three, which is actually incredible based on his production. But in terms of starting, not necessarily, but he should have been at least been considered. So, but um, yeah, those are the only two names I can really think of in terms of starting wise. So Jalen, I'll reverse the question this time. Do you see anyone from the lineups that should not be in the lineups? Oh, I got my disrespect off already. So, I mean, in terms of Luca, that's the one that kind of hits hardest for me just because of the fact that, like I said, I, I know my own personal biases is there, and that's probably why I had a hard time explaining it beyond just leaning on the votes was because I know that overall I just view Damian Lillard as a better player. Outside of that, I mean, obviously, I think that the Kyrie Irving one is – really debatable that's why I felt like Zach Levine was in that category scary enough and I I would never I'd be lying to you if I told you I had somebody to replace him with but I do think it is a bit odd that Kevin Durant has been able to be named the captain of this team though um and the only reason why I say that is because of the fact that 
A, this is a guy who might not even be healthy enough to play in the game. You know, he's been a guy that sat a lot more consistently over the last uh, week or so overall. Um, the amount of games he's played um, is makes it even more interesting of a conversation in terms of whether or not he qualifies to be the all-star captain. But the numbers are inarguable. And that's the part where I say that it's it almost feels very difficult to try to say who would you take him or take off for him or who even on this uh this roster right here of guys that we have could you usurp into the captain role even if you did want to keep Kevin Durant on the all-star team um really I mean overall I think that the list was fine I think that everybody on here was fine Kawhi Leonard has is having an underrated year I think because of the fact that the Clippers had their weird little debacle last season. Everybody is kind of just like sleeping on them the entire time. And that's perfectly fine. Cause you know, it's up to them to prove everybody wrong come postseason time. Regular season stuff doesn't really matter when it comes to them, similar to the Lakers anyway. Nicole Jokic, you could argue is in t- at least top three in the MVP like race right now, just for the way he's performed performed so far. Giannis, the dude puts up video game numbers by accident. So, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like insane. And then, I mean, Joel, Steph, they're all guys that are in the MVP conversation. So it's like, once you get down to like past guys like Kyrie or Luca, after that, it's it's a question of like, you can't just say, oh, such and such shouldn't be on it. You have to figure out who could replace them on the list. And that one's tough because the rest of the names on there have way too strong of an argument for you to fight against. I think the two guys we touched on the most are the two guys that you can make the strongest, most compelling arguments against, even though deserving, yes, but easily, you know, there's easy arguments that can be made in favor of maybe somebody else when talking about those guys. So before we get to our question of the day for our fans, Ian and Brooks, do you guys have anything to promote? Um, I don't know about promote, um, but I will say this though, just going back to it real quick. Um, I don't have nothing against Dame. I honestly think he's actually one of the most underappreciated stars in the game. Like when you actually think about it, um, it was just, you know, stats wise, just looking at it and how, you know, the seasons went, that's why I go Luca, you know, and also for debate's sake, I love it. Hey, don't nobody want to hear nobody agreeing with everybody all the time. So, but um, no, I do think he's underappreciated as a star and also going with that. If you're a betting man, just, I'm not saying you might have to vote, Dame Lil as you know MVP of the All Star Game just because of that snub. I'm just saying. All right, that's so a good bet, bro. Um, that's a good. It's a good bet. That is a good bet. But uh, other than that, uh, just stay tuned for more uh, from the Impact in a couple of weeks. I gotta get some technical things sorted out. It shouldn't be too bad. But uh, yeah, always glad to be on the show, man. Brooks, any final thoughts? Anything to promote? Final thought. Final thoughts. Oh yeah, final free bread. <laughs> Final thoughts, uh, fire Scott Brooks. Definitely because he lied to us. He told us it wasn't a decision that he wanted to make. And now we're finding out through Fred Katz. It, that, was, that was a run around. Um, definitely subscribe to the Impact. Describe, subscribe to uh, Hoop Talk. Subscribe to Hear Me Out and, um, and the hot media that I do on YouTube. Uh, that's about the main thing, I guess. Feeling anything that you'd like to say to close it out? 
Hey, bro, you know we had to put the gang on this one for the most improved player. But I think the main thing is, too, bro, when we all go in and we see the All-Star game, I think the biggest thing that everybody should take a look at, right, is how they decide to go about running this from a COVID standpoint. I know we love talking about the game. I know we love talking about the potential events. Ryan, me and you are going to end up doing an episode where we make our own lineups, make our own predictions for some of the uh, – challenges that are going to take place like the skills challenges obviously and then the dunk contest as well but everybody has to understand that this is the this is the climax of the season for multiple reasons it's the midway point of the year but also this might be ironically even though there's no records involved the most impactful game of the season because what happens afterwards you know, that, that's a very in question, depending on how things go at the all-star game, that's going to have a significant, you know, influence on how the rest of the season goes. So I think everybody should keep their eyes really wide open on the way media sessions take place for something as big of an event like this, uh, how they go about conducting everything. I think the all-star game is going to be lit still, but it's something to keep our eyes out on. Cause as basketball fans, we want to see the rest of the season. We can do without one game if we get the rest of the year. If we're going to have this game, let's, let's praise the dub, chalk it up, and keep the season pushing for the second half because y'all know we got to bring everybody back for the trade deadlines nonsense. So, But we can't. We got to have a trade deadline first. And on that note, transitioning to our question of the day for our fans, do you believe Damian Lillard could be the all-star game MVP? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk Podcast. Of course, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple. You rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We'd like to thank our guests today, Ian Evans from The Impact, Brooks Warren from HMO. Everybody go subscribe to their podcast, and we'll see you guys next episode. Peace.